ready? I'm ready. Hello, dear viewers and listeners. Welcome to the latest episode of Extra Extra. It's all about whiskey. I remain Jason Neil Patrick Harris Johnson Yellen. He remains boop boop Joshua Morrissey Hatton. Hello, Joshua. That's me, baby. I'm in the house and I'm ready to talk about stuff. Interesting. In Extra Extra, we have a whiskey uh, news story. We uh, bulletize it. We summarize it. And then we riff upon it. And in today's episode, we... Oh, I should say we always get out of here in a tight 35. Can't miss it's the true. time and deadline. Yeah. Got to speak truth. And so yeah. in today's episode, we actually received an email containing this article from Adam Rosenblatt. And... Adam mm -hmm. writes, J, J, and J, thanks again for coming to Seattle and bringing the pad cost and a really super Westland experience double header. We selected a cask of Westland with the Amazing. assistance of 20 yep. nation members. That was excellent. Jess mm -hmm. flew in from Glasgow to Seattle for the selection and for the live podcast recording that followed. And that episode dropped last Wednesday, uh, which would have been, if memory is correct, November 15. You like that, Joshua? Breaks out the, yeah, I'm breaking out like the that. calendar. I want to make Can, sure that you're... Three, yeah, look subtract that. 12. November 15. Yep. November 15. There you go. E equals MC whiskey. There you go. So too many MCs, <laughs> not enough mics, as the Fugees told us in the late 90s. So Adam's email continues. A Canadian friend sent me this article, which features the statement, rye whiskey in Canada doesn't need to contain any rye at all. Perhaps interesting to the nation, along with some riffing in a tight 35. So there's Adam even helping us get the time limits stated for our listeners and our viewers. Uh, and so cheers to Adam for sending that in. This has taken us over to, I, I don't know, how often do you read the Western producer, Joshua? I have read them exactly one time. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling I know which article you read. And so we have Ed White authoring the piece, Rye Whiskey Not As Clear Cut As Tipplers May Think. And <laughs> when I first brought this to your attention from Adam bringing it uh, to our inboxes, you had said, yeah. no, not that article. You had just seen mention of this article in the face place. Yeah, our good friend Robin <laughs> Robinson had posted in Facebook, if I read another quote spirits writer refer to alcohol as a tipple, I'm going to stick a butter knife in my ear. <laughs> which I, I which I think is what Van Gogh originally was going to do, but he was like, fuck it, I'm just going to cut this thing off. <laughs> so tipple has been a problem even way back in, in Van Gogh's What's time. problematic for Robin is sticking a butter knife in his ear isn't going to fix the fact that he's reading the word tipple by these spirits writers. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, this hurts. Why am I reading tipple? <laughs> yeah, he should have. I mean, I don't want him sticking butter knives anywhere, <laughs> but I mean, the eyes would have made more sense, but here we are. So, so we, so we have this, we have this piece by Ed White, uh, clear cut as tipplers may think. And 
and it kind of kicks off in numerous numerous different ways uh, but under the under the photo of a rifle rye canadian rye whiskey um bottled to 84 proof it says the main ingredient in quote canadian whiskey today is corn mm. although most distillers include a small proportion of rye to add the flavor so the, the article really is a series of bullet points. We will leave our, our listeners, our viewers to go follow up on all of them for themselves. But there are a few points that we wanted to bring to attention. And, and the, actually, it opens up here. Well, let's start at the beginning. Contrary to what its name implies, whiskey labeled as rye in Canada can be made with any cereal grain and not just rye. Here are some rye whiskey realities that might surprise you. I love that use of rye whiskey realities. That's like your your dad's going to sit you down now. Like, let me tell you, son, <laughs> about the world and some rye whiskey realities. Gather around, children. Gather around. <laughs> <laughs> I love that language. Um, and so th this is this was echoed in Adam's email. Quote, uh, mm. rye whiskey, so quotation marks, rye whiskey, in Canada doesn't need to contain any rye at all. It does in the United States, but in Canada, it's a legal synonym for Canadian whiskey. You, you want to make a cinnamon joke right now? <laughs> no, I'm just going to hang with my cinnamon girl, me and me and Neil Young. <laughs> just listen to that over the weekend while I was out driving with Zevin. Anyway. Oh, nice. Oh, there is cinnamon whiskey from Canada called Fireball. Oof. Is that a, a synonym to cinnamon? Oh my gosh. I didn't think you were going to bring up Fireball in the first six minutes of this recording. You're the one who said cinnamon. <laughs> regrets. As a synonym. I'm overflowing with regrets right now. But but just, just for a very quick uh, pause in time here, uh, I like this use of, in Canada, rye whiskey is a legal synonym for canadian whiskey like that's that really sets the table here it it does that i think there are i think there are issues with that being a legal phrase but but i but i want you to are you saying that as an american uh, continue because of u.s standards no i well maybe, maybe um because i don't know standards from other countries right um, but, but continue. I'll 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 issue my complaints afterwards. Okay. So this so this second rye whiskey reality, scare quotes, mm -hmm. Canadian whiskey can come from any cereal grain combination so long as it is aged for at least three years in small wood casks. <laughs> small wood casks isn't helping me out here. This is a far looser definition than applied to many types of whiskey. For example, once again, yeah. back to uh, my host nation and your home country, Joshua, U.S. bourbon must contain at least 51% corn in the mash and be aged in new charred oak barrels. U.S. rye must contain at least 51% rye grain in the mash. Mm -hmm. So once again, we've got this kind of open-ended term, this Canadian whiskey, rye whiskey in Canada, being synonymous with one another. And then 
Then we get into mm. the, the first of the, the bullet points in this article that I think is well worth bringing attention to. And it's, it's a little, little lengthy for a, a bullet point, but I think well worth stating. The main ingredient in Canadian whiskey today is corn. Once it was wheat, a good use for excess grain grown in Ontario and Quebec. But corn became more plentiful, is cheaper, and has a better distilling profile. Since alcohol from both wheat and corn has little native flavour after going through column distillation, most Canadian whisky includes a small proportion of rye to add the flavour. And you and I said something to one another when we first read that quote. And what was it, Joshua? Oh, man, you're making me use my memory. Well, reading that, you know, if if you removed the word Canadian and just put grain in front of it, then it simply describes what the Scots have been doing uh, with, with their grain whiskey. And it was following the commodity grain market. What was more plentiful? What was more uh, affordable? And were there differences in overall flavor profiles? Mm. I, I think we can definitely talk to that and show historical examples of when distilleries switch from from one grain to the next. Though I do want to bring something up, you know, specifically regarding Canadian whiskey on that point. But yeah, it it just seemed quite interesting that the way the Canadians describe Canadian whiskey is very similar to what we think of as single grain Scottish whiskey, where, where the grain can change, you know, de depending on what's going on in the commodity market. So with this, with this idea here, you know, where they say, yeah, here we go. In this quote where it says, since alcohol from both wheat and corn has little native flavor after going through column distillation, most Canadian whiskey includes a small proportion of rye to add to the flavor. Now, I, I don't necessarily know the years attached to when Canadian producer, producers switched from grain to grain, but I've got a bottle of... Um, Canadian club up on my shelf that was distilled 1965 hmm. and that would have been rye. But when I taste that Canadian club next to modern Canadian club, I don't find much difference. It, it really is this sort of singular flat flavor, ah, flat flavor profile that I think hmm. is made, you know, meant for, for good mixing and things like that. But you go back to the mid '60s and then compare it to Canadian whiskey of the 2020s, and there really isn't that much difference in the in the flavor profile. So, if they had made changes between the mid '60s to now, they they're undetectable, at least to my palate. Or those changes happened during a different time frame <laughs> in a different window <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, but think of that window though i mean it's it's 60 it's a 60 year window just to be clear when you're talking about flat are, are you suggesting just kind of it's, it's a singular hum it doesn't have the say the the spicy peaks of a rye is that what you mean by flat 
meaning that uh, it, it's a bit of a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. It, it's not, um, you know, it's not complex. There aren't a ton of things going on. Does it taste great? Yeah, it's it's a fine little sipping whiskey if you don't want to put your mind to it, or if you just need a good mixer. Mm-hmm. But it, it's you know it's very straightforward spirit. Gotcha, gotcha, and that's been consistent across sixty years. You say. Uh, listen, I, I I haven't tasted decade to decade <laughs> to decade, but I've tasted my fair share of the standard Canadian club along the way from from you know various friends examples and they all had that very similar just one note thing going on gotcha gotcha okay so we've we've established that what we're reading as canadian whiskey and canadian whiskey production really mirrors what we know about scottish grain production column distillation substituting Mm -hmm. wheat or corn as necessary um uh, what else do we want to go on to here? Rye grain uh, was used in early Canadian and American whiskeys because of customers' preference for a flavorful drink instead of the blander flavor of base alcohols, which is so interesting as you're talking about <laughs> uh, Canadian club having this kind of like <laughs> singular hum to it uh, without many peaks or troughs or, or spicy spikes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. These are uh, hashtag... Uh, rye whiskey realities. <laughs> um, I know. I know. There's another bullet that really got your interest, Joshua. I will. I will hand the floor to you to to present it and uh, and uh, and talk about it a little bit. Yeah, and th- and then I do want to get back to this idea of rye whiskey nomenclature. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, I appreciate you letting me do that. So it says in the article, some of the chemical compounds in rye grain that provide the wanted flavor are chemically related to those in peat, the biological uh, substance underlying much of the distinctiveness of Scotch whiskey. And, you know, whether it's you, me, or, you know, the countless friends who are Scotch whiskey first and foremost when it comes to what they reach for, when they think of an American spirit or an alternate grain mm. spirit, rye, rye comes to the fore, right? There, there's, for me, I never made the connection to Pete, but there seemed to be a much broader range of flavors, mm. even in something as simple as like a three-year-old MGP rye, to you know some some older bottlings as well. It's just incredibly expressive, and it has those peaks and troughs mm. that the article talks about. You know some of these Canadian whiskeys not having the peaks and troughs. Had you heard that bit about rye having a connection to peat previously? No, 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 never. Um, I would I would not have made that connection simply because the the flavors don't align <laughs> i mean there's an earthiness to rye i mean i guess yeah thank you so i was just going to say that in, in earthiness but quite often rye has um uh inherbaceousness mm-hmm. that comes to the mm-hmm. fore if not first more more noticeably so than than that 
deeper earthiness that you get from Pete. Yeah, I'm curious myself now in in reading these uh, these commonalities in chemical compounds to actually find out more about them and and see how deep uh, those commonalities run. Um, you know, I, I also wonder if you might find some of the qualities appearing on a uh, a, a mass spectrometer that aren't necessarily appearing uh, on your on your palate or, or in your olfactory system. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's interesting with some of these chemical compounds, and, and I'm going to I'll I'll just get into this quickly, but I'll I'll use a conversation I had with our friend Brian Davis mm. of of Lost mm-hmm. Spirits. Um, you know, years ago he had this brand called Abomination. It was a single malt that was produced in a very unusual way. And some of the whiskeys I thought were really good um, and, 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 you know, provided remarkably new and different flavors. And then he released one that he was quite proud of <laughs> that to me just tasted like straight up bile. Mm. You know, it, it would just, it's, and it seemed too much, mm-hmm. you know, you can have a sour beer and it has that kind of subtle <laughs> note. You're like, okay, but there's enough fruitiness to help get you past the bile note. <laughs> In this case, it was just, for me, undrinkable. Um, and I know, you know, A, I was not alone, but B, I think I was in, um, in the smaller group of people who said something like, like that, because the larger group of people found this lovely strawberries and cream note. Oh. And what Brian had said was, and this this may take you to some Kregelki commentary, uh, but, but what Brian had said is the chemical compound that delivers the flavor of strawberry, if, if you're even just... Uh, a phenol or two off one way or the other, someone's palate can can understand that as hmm. bile, even though it's the same chemical compound. So I think my particular palate just reacted, you know, similar to, you know, some people love cilantro, some mm-hmm. people say it tastes mm-hmm. soapy. I think we're living in that same, um, that same area. Interesting. Here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it, it has me... Has me curious what's going on with Rye and Pete. This is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then moving on to the the part you suggested we were moving on to, which is labeling a truly rye focused whiskey in Canada can be a problem because the term a rye whiskey doesn't necessarily mean much. Rye whiskey, one hundred percent rye is how Lot 40, a premium Canadian rye whiskey, makes clear its commitment to making a truly rye-containing rye. And there is a, there's a hyphen in there that I tried to pronounce, but I don't know if I was successful. It's rye-containing. Rye-containing <laughs> rye. So what, what's, what's great, for, for the listeners, you're missing it all. But for the viewers, every time Jason puts up his, his peace signs to quote, <laughs> we get balloons just flying. Oh, has that <laughs> right been happening? Screen, I've been, I've been on a fantastic. tab with the article in it. Have I been getting yeah, balloons exactly. on scare quotes? Yeah. Yeah, it's the second time we got some balloons, Jason. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, That's worth celebrating. Yeah, right. So, so you know, it, I, I find it very interesting 
that in in Canada, in Canada, mm-hmm. our friends up there use rye whiskey. The term rye whiskey, even if it right. doesn't have any rye, which you would think, okay, if you use the the more broader term whiskey, then that makes sense. It could be anything. Yeah. But when you throw the specification of rye in front of whiskey yeah. and it can still not contain any rye, that's oh, that's very confusing. <laughs> but do you think that rye whiskey, the rye was doing the work of the word grain? Like you led with that in today's episode. You know, for us in Scotland, we talk grain whiskey. We don't talk corn whiskey. We don't talk wheat whiskey. We talk grain whiskey. Do you think rye was just a, a shorthand for, for grain when they were going about you know, capturing you know, us? If, if in Canada the tradition was to create a mixed grain mash bill and they used the, the, the shorthand of rye to apply to that, I can somewhat see that because then you, you know, it, you're just taking this larger category and lumping it into something and just say, yeah, I like that rye. However, the tradition in Canada, if you're doing a number of different grains, is to distill those grains individually. You distill the rye, then you distill the wheat, then you distill the corn, and then it's matured separately and then married together at the end. It's a different process Hmm. over there. So... If they were to produce a 100% corn whiskey and call it rye, <laughs> then then that could be – it. I argue that it is confusing, at least to those outside of Canada and potentially to those within Canada yeah, as well. I wonder if they got the designation because the corn wasn't doing much heavy list lifting and the wheat wasn't doing much heavy lifting in the final product, but the rye was – and I wonder if that's what was drawing attention to to using the term rye whiskey for it. You know, it's that one that's got the flavor profile. Uh, that's worth your attention. Right. Yes, but but then it, it makes me wonder what is happening with their corn, with their wheat, with their barley, any other grain they're using, where in other countries, corn is very you know flavorful it expresses a lot of flavor so does you know barley can do and so you know admittedly and i think you would say the same i'm really ignorant when it comes to 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 canadian whiskey and where flavors come from and and how they're produced and how their distillation you know fermentation distillation maturation processes go so you know, I think it's 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 something that both of us need to educate ourselves on a bit <laughs> Not more. Not another thing. To get a better understanding. <laughs> yeah. Too many things. Um, yeah. yeah to, to add on to what you were saying there about confusion, a, a bullet within the article says, Americans who order rye whiskey in Canadian bars probably think they're ordering a rye grain-based beverage. And a Canadian bartender taking the order probably thinks rye and whiskey are about the same thing which they are in law. This is just another of the many ways that language, culture, truth, and booze subtly shift at the 49th parallel. 
Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but it it is that interesting, you know. Again, for us seeing Canadian whiskey, and and we think, well, why aren't they calling it that in Canada? Why, why didn't they just start out calling it Canadian whiskey? Well, for them, it was just whiskey, right? And specifically for them, it was rye whiskey. It was the the rye flavor component, and so it, it's quite interesting in looking backwards to say. Mm. Oh, you know, why did this legal um, legal language allow for confusion? Well, because it was being produced and consumed in Canada, right? You, you don't necessarily think about the global markets you'll be occupying when you first start producing your spirit. There you go. Right. That's 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 a very good right. point. We, to, to then come down and we talk about that with US. Right. And, and then yeah. to come down okay. into the US and have yeah. some confusion. I, I will say though I I quite like and, and again Ed had mentioned this in the in the article previously. I quite like that for US bourbon there's a minimum of 51% corn. And I quite like that for US rye there's a there's a minimum of fifty one percent rye, and I, I I like the fact that you can hang your hat on that while still yeah. then having your own particular flavor profile, your your own way of doing business to create your spirit in the mash specifically. And I like your point from a moment ago about Canadians distilling corn, distilling wheat, distilling rye, and bring them together for a flavor profile. Whereas in the U.S. we talk much more. Uh, about mash bills and what's your percentage of corn and your percentage of rye, yeah. percentage of malted barley. But but I do think, and I think the value of this article, and I'm glad Adam sent it in, and I'm glad his Canadian friend sent it along to him. I like this idea that we can start to break down some potential confusion here and get a chance to say, look, and again, we've said this about you know blenders or, or producers with non-age statements, right? The Canadian distilling mm. groups are not trying to pull the wool over your eyes by having Canadian whiskey and rye whiskey be synonymous. You know, we're bringing one level of understanding to another country's practices. What we need to do is understand that country's practices to then better understand the nomenclature. You're not wrong. You're, you're, you're 100% not wrong, you know, and, you know, in the, uh, in previous episodes, when we talked about laws specific to the U.S. and we say, well, you know, this is a state's right mm -hmm. issue. And, and, and I like state's rights issues because of X, Y, and Z, or I don't like it because of X, Y, and Z, or this is a federal issue. And therefore, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we could do this and it would override the, the state issue. Now we're dealing with something that's a global mm. issue. Mm -hmm. And, and as, as whiskey becomes that more global thing, should we have uh, a more global understanding of what is single malt? What is rye? What is, you know, insert spirit type here, you know, but back to the, the thing we've belly ached about, Ad infinitum, uh, you know, our, our laws here in the U.S. date back to post-prohibition. And wouldn't it be nice to update things? 
well, wouldn't it be nice if, if, if producers all around the world could update things so that there is a more universal understanding of various categories, then we're all working together to educate rather than, okay, we'll educate you about this, but this sort of overrides that. And this kind of takes you you know what i mean like it'd be nice to have this unification a new world order of whiskey jason <laughs> new world order is gonna sound ring to it uh, well it, it's funny you say that because ed white concludes uh with a with a bullet point here that that i think echoes some of what you're saying there rye whiskey has experienced a renaissance in the u.s as it is promoted as a premium form of the liquor. The Renaissance is only beginning in Canada. At this point, nobody can predict what confusions, arguments, and fisticuffs will erupt as more people begin insisting that rye doesn't mean just any old whiskey and that Parliament must act. And and that's that's to that very point, right? You, you use the yeah. words, yep. use them, people understand them or don't understand them. You start to move into other markets, you start to see a renaissance, you start to see demand for a product. And I and I think that's when the consumer has a tendency to turn around and say, Oh, oh wait, this rye whiskey that I'm drinking mm -hmm. is is just Canadian whiskey. Like, how dare you? How dare you masquerade in this way? And it's like, <laughs> no, it, it's always been the case. You know, we, we had an extra extra not yeah, too long ago, yeah. or One Nation Under Whiskey, where we were talking about single casks, you know, and re-racking and, mm -hmm. and whether or not casks mm -hmm. are discovered mm -hmm. because independent bottlers crawl around warehouses over dusty casks popping bums. <laughs> you know, like single cask means one thing kind of around the industry um it's that yeah. one thing you roll into a warehouse or it's that one thing you roll out of a warehouse nobody's trying to be hoodwinked here and then we turn around mm -hmm. and then when a marketer gets their hand on single cask and uh, and it starts to get out to the consumer and it starts to unravel a little bit consumers think they're they're being led a merry dance i could see the potential for that here um you know, coming mm. into today's episode and into this article, did you know that that legally rye whiskey and Canadian whiskey were synonymous in Canada? I did. You did yeah. know that. Yeah, I've always had an issue. I did you know did that. Know yeah. That. Yeah, I mean, think back to, uh, oh, Jeepers <laughs> Creepers, what's his name? Pete Lynch? <laughs> Drinking whiskey and rye, oh, singing this will be the day yeah. that I die. <laughs> Right, Don McLean. Oh my goodness, I mean, you got it. I wasn't even close yeah. to getting that. My gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Listen, it it is something that I've that I have known about, and and always found it a bit a bit strange to me. But you know, there we are. You know, I and legally, I found legally it synonymous, not just and legally. Yeah, not yeah, just colloquially well, synonymous. Yeah, maybe I didn't. Thank know you. Thank you for finally admitting that. Okay, good. Okay. Moving on, okay. we continue with the All point right. you were making. You caught me. You caught me. Listen, so the the point that I was going to make is 
this hero says rye whiskey has experienced a renaissance, or as you say, a renaissance uh, in the U.S. is promoted as a premium form of the lick of the liquor. The renaissance is only beginning in Canada. You know, I think one of the interesting things regarding this, you know, this increasing growth of rye whiskey within the U.S. is that Canadian rye whiskey has actually played a big part mm. in the advancement <laughs> of the category. Because if you look at brands like Whistlepig, who launched their their 10-year-old with 10-year-old Alberta rye, mm. you know, it had a very specific and expressive flavor profile. And it was a nice counterpoint to, to MGP, to Indiana mm-hmm. Rye, you know, it's these two great flavor profiles that, that I think really sucked people into the category of rye whiskey when rye grain is being specified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, yeah. and actually on that very point, you know, I've, I've been sipping on the, the uncle nearest rye that, that hangs out beside mm-hmm. my laptop and, and on the front, it calls it straight rye whiskey. And with today's article, mm-hmm. it, it had me turning to the back label. And and it does say, um, this was a lofty experiment that worked. The results of this 100% rye mash bill, there you go, matured and used Uncle Nearest barrels before being bottled at 100 yeah. proof. Um, and then at the bottom, product of Canada, aged in New York and Tennessee, aged and bottled by nearest green distillery, Shelbyville, Tennessee. So a good level of transparency here. Uh, Victoria D. Butler, when we interviewed her for One Nation Under Whiskey, was transparent Mm -hmm. about what was going on into this Uncle Nearest Rye. And and if if memory serves, they are moving towards distilling their own rye on site. Uh, But currently they're they're putting out the... 100% 100% rye mash bill Canadian rye. Yeah. Is, yeah. And the, the one that right I'm here? sipping on is uh, Whistle Pig 15, which is actually, it's a marriage of the Alberta rye plus I think MGP as well. Mm. And so you get this nice, you know, broader spectrum of flavors from it. And I, I love that. Like Canadian rye, Alberta rye is phenomenal yeah. liquid. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. When I compare it, you know, I don't want to I don't I don't mean to sound as if I'm shitting on Canadian Club. I I think there are many different expressions of Canadian Club. They used to do a sherry cask one which I thought was excellent. Um, you know, but it was a very different type of spirit that I think was meant for mixing, for meant, sure. you know, meant to go into some seven up or some coke or something like that, yeah. but you get this Alberta rye, and the flavors are just popping, and you could drink it straight, and and it's gorgeous. Well, and, and I've got fifty percent alcohol on this Uncle Nearest. You've probably got you know forty forty three on the on the um, Canadian uh, on the Canadian Club on the Canadian Club. Oh, on the Canadian Club, It'll, yeah. The one that I right have forty, is, does it not? Yeah, I think I think that it's at forty. You can't, it's definitely not any higher right. than forty three, but I think right. it's at. 40. But then forty six percent in that fifteen year old that you've got there. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, I, I I think that a little extra oomph from the alcohol always helps rye whiskey as well. 
yeah, I, I think it helps with the the texture of it. I think it helps it carry some of those flavors. Um, and he's, even as I'm sitting here Good in point. my in my throat, I've got this lovely kind of brown spice kind of warmth happening mm. uh, from this. Nice. Canadian rye, courtesy of Uncle Nearest. So, yeah, real, real tasty one to sit and sip on during today's article. Uh, Ed White in, uh, make sure I get the name correct here, uh, as we're regular readers, the Western producer. Um, any, any final words? I, I feel like we may have just had our final words on Canadian rye, but any, any final, final words on Canadian rye, Joshua, before we close out the article? Yeah, I guess the only thing that I'll say is, you know, really connected with that that last bullet point where it, it talked about, you know, the arguments and the confusion that that this has caused the modern now that people drinker. are paying attention to the category, Pe- right? People are paying attention, and and you know, let, let's hope some clarification is put into place, uh, and and not just for Canadian drinkers, but you know, I think it's important that Canadian producers have solid export markets and can can oh, yeah. lift the category of Canadian yeah. spirits. And I think, you know, clearer definitions of their various spirits will will only help the category. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I think that's a pretty yeah. consistent conclusion that you and I draw is uh, is clarity aids communication. So. Yeah. Um, okay, if you would like to be like Adam Rosenblatt and send in a story, we uh, he had sent his email to info at singlecastnation.com. You can use that. You can also use questions at onenationunderwhiskey.com. No E in whiskey. Uh, you can comment below. Uh, if you're going to take the time to comment below, you should also smash that subscribe button and TTB. I, I quite like that. Tickle I that like bell. the idea of that being a triple TB, right? And then tickle that bell. Ah, and then right? tickle that and bell. So triple T, T comma TTB. So keep it, keep it going. There you go. That's us. That's Adam. That's Ed White. That's Joshua. That's Jason. Uh, that's the email addresses. That's Uncle Nearest. That's Whistlepig. This is Extra Extra. And as we always get out of here, Peace. Peace. The balloons of peace have been released, Joshua. (laughs) There they go again.